Welcome in. It's Unanchored Boston, the podcast. Bob Lobel, Mike Lynch, Butch Stearns, and Hank Morse. And I'm thankful for you guys. It's Thanksgiving week. We got a lot to be thankful for this year, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Every year, fine. I agree. <laughs> We're still on the right side of the grass. I'm thankful for Spalding Hospital and the great job they did on Lynchy this year. Let's all be serious for a Amen. moment. Amen. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And I'd be thankful that uh, we have Bob Lobel in our midst, and he is a winner of the Gold Circle Award. Uh, very uh, few people have ever received the award, and Bob uh, has received the award. And uh, we are very thankful that uh, he is our friend and he is our colleague. And he's part of this quartet. Thank you, Bob. Way to go. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Is this, has the show started yet? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I got I gotta be honest with you. I gotta be honest with you, Robert. I was walking with my wife and my dog right before this, and I explained to her that you had won the gold circle award. And she said, What's that? And I said, Well, it's kind of like the Hall of Fame. I said, because they only give one every year. One. And she says, Oh. She goes, Really? Well, how many people have been left out? I said, A lot of people have been left out. Yeah. I said it, but it is, it's the gold circle. There's a bunch of silver circles going out. Matter of fact, Bob Ward from our station, well-deserved with his mass most wanted segment and all that over the years, he's going in as a silver. He was the one that broke the news to me about you with the gold. So I told my wife, it's why they call it gold. It's like the hall of fame, not the hall of very good. Congratulations. Is there an aluminum circle at all? <laughs> forget the bronze <laughs> even. We're in the tinfoil circle. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna say Teflon because nothing sticks to us. <laughs> oh well, thanks. What is it, Bob? Uh, the fifth, December fifth. Yeah, Monday. Monday. I'm looking at it right here. That's the local it's, Emmy Awards. Yes, it no, is. Natus. Yeah, the, not the Emmy Awards. This is different. This is cir those Circle Awards. There are five silver silver Circle Awards given out that night, and then the gold one. So there's six awards all that night. Oh, so you're going to go last. You'll have the big tribute video. No, I think I'm first, actually. I think the goal's first. So you can oh. go home early and get to bed. <clears throat> Something like that. Yeah. I'll read you this quote, which tells you all you need to know, Hank. This particular recognition is so meaningful because it came from our peers, said Catherine Shahadi, president of Natus, the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences, Boston, New England chapter. These individuals have directly impacted New England media, and talking about the gold and silver, and over the years have evolved into ambassadors for humanitarianism in television. Their contributions and achievements have earned them the respect of their colleagues. We are honored to induct each of these outstanding recipients into the prestigious gold and silver circle. Wow. Well, that's a nice honor. So, you know, there are times, there are two times that I've introduced people. Gene Blake from Channel 5 was one of them. Uh, I, and also um, Newmeyer, who also who won it. Did you really? Yeah. So I introduced both of those guys, and the you know they asked they were getting the awards, and they asked me if I'd introduce them. So I did Blakey and uh, and Newmey both. So that was really cool. Oh, <clears throat> that's pretty cool. Over on Soldiers right. Field Road, management at Channel Four is saying, "Hey, why can't we get guys like this?" <laughs> right? Oh yeah, they have to be. No happy endings, as Numi said, in this business. <laughs> so it's the thing. You know what? It's just, if you're home watching, 
I think things are so different now. I think you'd all, we'd all agree to this. Uh, the whole presentation's different. And you got your home watching and it's, it's different when you're a watcher as opposed to a presenter. You're watching at home, it's a whole different orientation and you gotta trust the people. I mean, there's a, there's a great deal of trust that goes into a relationship between a viewer at home and the person that's doing the talking. I mean, I trust these guys here, both, you know, the, the two on the screen here, Hank, if they said it, then I believe it. It's a matter of trust. Amarcino's the same way. I definitely trust Joe. I mean, he's not going to make up. So I'm just saying this. It's just a whole different, whole different orientation, as you know. Because now, I feel. I mean, I, Lynchy may or may not agree with me, but I feel bad for Butch, because as a sportscaster today, everybody that, because of the phones, because of these stupid phones. Everybody knows what happened. Everybody knows that, that, you know, the world U.S. tied the World Cup and they lost, you know, because of the phones, they come in with the information. When, and but you'd agree, I'm sure when Mike and I were on, you know, nightly on TV, these things weren't that factor. You know, we didn't have that instant information like they have now. We were the ones that were, it was like you're on telling secrets because we had the information and the audience didn't. Well, the audience does now. You have to, I don't know how, I don't know how it would be, how you would try to make it different the way. Well, know. the only thing I can tell you is that that's the question I challenge myself almost on everything I do. How do you make it different? So for example, you know, the World Cup's a big deal to our station. It's on every day, right? Absolutely. So they're asking me to do it. Well, I'm not going to get an analyst. Gene Levanchi did that in the morning. I'm not going to do this and that. So you know what I did after the tie? I write the anchor lead in. I had Vanessa Welch say to me, is this tie fatal to them? And I did World Cup for dummies. I reminded people there's 32 teams. They get down to 16. You don't have to win your group of four. You only have to finish in the top two to move on to the next round. And by the way, in the history of the World Cup, American men's team has been in it 11 times. The very first time they were in in 1930, they got to the quarter uh, semifinals. They called it a third-place finish because they lost to Argentina, whatever. That's the longest they've ever gone. But I just reminded people of that. And sometimes that's – it's per so I guess to answer your point, you guys, I grew up watching at the beginning when I wanted to get into the business, and it, it was all about information, but you had your own styles to offer entertainment and perspective. And to me, that's never changed. But if you're going to be all entertainment and no perspective, it's useless. I think I always ask myself, well, what does this mean? What, what, if I'm there watching, what am I telling them? Well, here's what I would like to know as a viewer. Okay, I'm home. Tell me – why the Patriots traded Garofalo at four o'clock in the morning for a second round draft pick? Same reason the Red Sox. Uh, and who did they get? Who did they get for the second round draft pick? Oh, you can't figure that out because he traded the second round draft pick to move down and get two other draft picks. And so, please, it's not even worth it. It's the same reason the Red Sox increased their ticket prices at midnight on a Friday after Thanksgiving. <laughs> by the way, we want to mention that we're brought to you by our best foods and our best meatballs. Perfect for Thanksgiving weekend. Cold Springs RV up in Ware, New Hampshire. Where? And our good friend George Gray in Lexington Toyota, 49 Mass Ave, 
and Lexington. Butchie was referencing the 1-1 U.S. tie with Wales, which has a population about half of that of Massachusetts, less, 3.1 million. Massachusetts is about 7 million. So inside of 128, there are roughly the same amount of people as there are in Wales. And they just tied a country with 330 million people. See, now there's some perspective for you right there, Hank. I like that. That's good stuff, Hank. Thank you. Good digging. I don't know about you guys, but why haven't you mentioned uh, the Jets and the Patriots and the fact that uh, we made this bet last weekend that you won because the Jets are the New York Jets. The Jets. They'll never be anything other than the Jets because they proved it more than anything else on Sunday. Yep. So what are you going to do with now that uh, you don't have a four, 747 coming in hard? That's is that coming from my house? I don't know. Somebody which is that? Is that the? Hold staff? on, I got to check what that is. Yeah, somebody <laughs> just broke out. Actually, <laughs> maybe that's the staff preparing the oh. pool for winter, getting rid of all the leaves and. Is that so, why Roger Moore's wearing a mask club today? We're not. Well, the reason we're not in danger. We're not in danger, gentlemen. It's called a biocharger. It's one of my wife's many holistic machines. For her. Well, she's just been energized in the last minute, so that's. She might be. She's basically being beamed up right now <laughs> to the Starship Enterprise. So. Hey, it is a Tuesday, and I do have to mention that. Uh, and by the way, I, I I get a pretty good shout out this week, Bob. Tonight at Fenway Park, high school football. My Medford Mustangs against the Malden Golden Tornadoes, 7.30. And uh, I'm excited about it. It's the 135th meeting. You know, of course, it's not coming on Thanksgiving Day like it usually is. But I was talking to my dad this morning, and he said, make sure that you tell Mike Lynch that on Thanksgiving night for 40 years, I used to look forward to watching Lynchy give the scores Every, I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people going to be talking about it this week. High school people, parents, and uh, a nice thing to be known for, Lynchy, right? Something that feels good that people looked forward to for four decades. Yeah, but Butch and Bob did the same thing. They all they had shows, you know, well, all different styles. You, you know? had a connection with high school sports, a high five. I'd have to say that was a you had that niche, and that was really. It was totally natural because of where you grew up in North Shore and your dad was an athletic director and all that stuff. You know, it's perfectly natural, but you, you did it. I mean, you did the high five, which was a really great idea, and it stuck, and it meant a lot to a lot of high school kids, and it was something that, you know, Butch and I wouldn't – you know, he'd probably – I wouldn't touch it. Is that, that's what I'm trying to say. I wouldn't try to emulate it or – or, you know, copy it or anything else. But it was really a great idea. And, you know, it definitely worked for you. I mean, it worked for five and it worked for you. It was really a great thing. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of, a lot of good kids, a lot of good stories. And uh, it was a good run and a lot of fun. Now, when you do this Roger Moore thing behind me that you won the bet. Yeah. Can you believe uh, that when she won the bet, the Jets? <clears throat> Yeah, but he's got COVID, right? What is it? He's got the mask. Well, on. that's what it is. The only thing I figure that could kill Roger Moore and anybody from MI6 is COVID. So I don't want him in my house <laughs> because he's got COVID, right? So he has to stay at your place. He can stay as long as he wants, but it's your th- it's your thing, Mike. You owned it. 
You own it now. I think it does look like he's got a crimson colored mask on, which is pretty good. Yeah, it's actually it's Crimson Harbor. That's exactly right. Um, yeah, I, I think he should stay right there where he is. Um, you can position him any, any way you want, any show. Um, he's yours, but now he is, he, he listens to my commands. I'm now, um, you're you're Charlie's uh, angels, Charlie's angels. No, who's, who's the guy who's, who tells, uh, Bond what to do? Um, well, I was, uh, oh, uh, Miss Moneypenny was her secretary. Miss Moneypenny was secretary, and then inside the office was uh, Dame Edna. Uh, what's her name? Uh, I can't think of it either, Mike. I know. Hey Siri, who was James Bond's boss? <laughs> well, you have a nice relationship with her, Hank. Almost as good as you did, Bob. The James yeah. Bond oh. series focuses on a fictional British Secret Service agent created in 1953 by writer Ian Fleming, who featured him in 12 novels and two short story collection. Do you want me to keep reading? Sure. Oh. Oh. <laughs> sure. Well, we got to the point. So, Hank, I'm going to tell you a little inside story, right. just a little bit. Last year, I was working hard with Mike. And when his previous station decided after all these years that he wasn't going to do the Thanksgiving show, we made him an offer to come over to our place and be on the show. And Mike thought about it long and hard, right, Michael? And eventually couldn't get him. So on my, he just, whatever, it didn't happen. So I said, some way, Lynchy is going to make the Boston 25 Thanksgiving special. So when you send videographers out, like this Thursday, I have two, a videographer covers two games. We just don't have enough people to cover the games. So they went to the Marblehead Swampscott game last year in the first half and left, went to another game. And that game ended up being the game of the day. Don't get me started, even though there really aren't any game of the days anymore because the Super Bowls are all decided. So there's really not as much at stake on Thanksgiving Day when it comes to that point. But it was a game-winning kick. I forget who won, Mike. Did Marblehead? Yeah, Swanscott. But Marblehead won. But we didn't have the field goal. So I called Mike that day, and he says, well, I got it on my phone, but it was your son-in-law, right, that had it, My nephew. His nephew. So he sent me cell phone video of the game-winning kick. I put it on the air. It was our lead story in the in the special. And I said, who said Mike Lynch is not going to make the Thanksgiving Day special <laughs> for you folks? So I have a voicemail, which I will send privately to both of you from midnight on Thanksgiving night from Mike and his daughter, Kelly. And our good friend, Mike, I'll just venture to guess he had a few glasses of wine in this voicemail. (laughs) And it starts by Kelly saying, Butch, no, Mike saying this. I had to put my 35-year-old daughter, Kelly, on the phone. First of all, who tells you how old their daughter is? I know, I know. (laughs) Seriously. Kelly, expert royal uh, prognosticator, by the way. And Kelly gave me the ultimate tribute. She said, thanks for carrying the torch for my dad. And then she said, I turn you on every night not to hear what you say, just to see what you're wearing. <laughs> His boss was named M. M, right. M. M. And not right. your mother, just M. But it was yeah. always Judy Dench. Judy Dench played M. She had killed in... Um, um, the one in the Scottish Moors. Uh, what was that one called? Uh, oh. And uh, Adele sang the... Um, Dime- oh, not a Diamonds Are Forever. That was... Um... No, no. No, no. With Craig. 
that bond. Oh yeah, that was um, that's replayed all the time. I just watched it a month ago. Anyway, I, right, so Bob, anyway. I, I am going to be since I won the bet. You get to keep the uh, thing, but but M will tell Roger Moore where he has to where he has Skyfall. to be. Skyfall is a movie. Well, so when it, right. so when it comes so when it comes to the Patriots, I have this question. It's 10 games in now. They're yes. six and four. Their best part of their team is their defense. They have the toughest schedule in the NFL or second toughest with seven games to go. They need to go four and three to have any sniff at the playoffs. Do they have a chance? Um, they're playing great football. Uh, it's the time of year where defense in a running game um, usually comes into play, especially in, in this era. Um, they've got a game in Buffalo. They've got a game. Um, let's see, I want to look at their schedule. Um, they play Minnesota this Minnesota. Thursday, Buffalo the following Thursday at home. And then for the rest of the year, they play Buffalo again. They play the Dolphins again. They play the Cardinals Raiders. in Arizona, the Raiders in L.A. I There's mean, in two Vegas. wins right there, the Cardinals and uh, Vegas. All right, and so they're going to play an outdoor game with Buffalo, an outdoor game with Cincinnati, home game with Miami, and a road game at Buffalo. So they could pull Arizona them. and the Raiders, Mike, the only two wins. Yep. They'll beat Cincinnati right. at home. Yeah, Cincinnati's a Jekyll and Hyde team. I don't know. I guess, I guess after 10 games, we're supposed to know what they are, and we really don't know. Right. Yeah, we have the same question every single week. When uh, you've gone from, uh, from August to September to October to Belichick and Belichick, which is you've renamed the months Belichick, November and December. Because that's when his teams usually step up, November yep. and December. They didn't last year. We're in the month of Belichick now. They didn't last year. They didn't the year before, and they didn't in Brady's last year either. The thing with the run, though, aren't you a little worried about the banged-up offensive line? That's what worries me the most. How can you not be? They get one yep. more injury. They're going to have Jonu Smith playing tackle. Are they, they're they're really not good enough, are they? I mean, let's get cut to the chase. They're really not good enough. The quarterback's not good enough. They're just not good enough. Well, you're right. You're right. But when you start, Bob, you're right. But when you start looking around the league, isn't that a relative point? Yes. Can they make the playoffs? Yes. Yeah. Okay. An extra game. I think it's great for everybody, Uh, especially the owners. But they're not good enough. I mean, that's just. they They haven't scored a touchdown. They did, the offense did not score a touchdown last week. The one against uh, against the Colts. Three and three uh, games, Mike. They have three. Huh? The offense has th- the offense has three touchdowns in the last four games. Let's okay. bring Garoppolo. One, one of the touchdowns like was that. an interception went down the one yard line. It basically don't it, even call that an offensive yep. touchdown. So there's two games in a row where the offense didn't score a touchdown, and they yep. won. How many yeah. touchdown passes did Garoppolo have Monday night? Four? Four, yeah. yeah. But like when it comes to the offense, I mean, do we – I was encouraged by what I saw from Mac Jones, and that's strange to say when they didn't score a touchdown. What? He, com- he completed what, what 80 – He completed 86 of his passes while he was being pressured 
in two less than three seconds almost every <laughs> play. Years. He threw for 240. He, he's better than Zach Wilson, I can tell you that much. He well, completed 86% of his passes. You're he, better than Zach Wilson. For 246 yards, he is not the problem right now. He the is, offensive line is a sieve. Have you ever seen a quarterback go down softer when there's a pressure on than Mac Jones? What do you want him to do? Run away. Get rid of the ball. Sammy Davis Jr. had better peripheral vision. Mike, he was sacked six times, and I venture to say that five of them happened in less than three seconds. He just sees them and just, just turtles. Well, that's partly the play calling the way they do it, too. These guys go, they run 15 yard outs for crying out loud. Who does that in the NFL these but days? Here's the real question Who's better looking, Graffo or Brady? <laughs> Watch out for the Buccaneers. I just don't think Mac Jones is their problem, and I still don't think we know if he's the answer or not. Well, it would be nice to score a touchdown. I have a little bit of a cushion over the Jets. And that falls on the quarterback. I agree. You can't shy away from it. But, again, I don't think he's the main problem. He went down six times the other day. Six times. You make that sound like it's all his fault. He goes down easier than than Drew Bledsoe. You know what befuddles me is when I see Jonu Smith and see what kind of physical specimen that guy is. And I go, well, why can't we get more out of him? And where has Hunter Henry gone? You know, he emerged oh last year. And whose fault is that? I don't know. Do you know they threw to him twice Sunday, and he caught both passes, and they were both big plays? They don't throw to him, Hank. They spent all that money on those tight ends, and they don't throw to them. I mean, okay. Ramondre Stevenson's their best receiver. Your, uh, my, my meatball of the week, by the way, has to be just the whole Jets organization. Maybe the coach, maybe the special teams coach, but to punt that ball in play with under 10 seconds to go is beyond belief. Beyond belief. Just kick it, punt, punt it out of bounds, so you get the ball at the 14-yard line, you get the ball at the 20-yard line. I'll take my chances that they can't throw an 80-yard bomb and score. And let's 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 go and, and we're home. We always win the coin toss. Let's go. Um, I mean, the Patriots do. But, oh, my goodness. I watched Wait, that. And that, Lynchy, don't you think that's Zach Wilson? He's an a-hole. Well, well that's a pretty harsh comment. I mean, I the mean, way he, in his press conferences. Well, he's an a-hole because he can't play football? No, in his press conferences, he just, you know, he's snarky. You know, they asked him, he said, hey, the defense uh, had held the Patriots to three points and, you know, you guys had three points. Do you feel like the uh, the offense let let the defense down a little? No. You know, have you ever seen his press conferences? Yeah. I mean, uh, he, the guy, is he's a second-year player. Right. I, I, I just there's, no, there's no humility. I mean, you might get bored with – you might get bored with Mac Jones' answers about the Patriot way and drinking the Kool-Aid, but – the, the kid's actually pretty honest and pretty forthright. Well, well, the good news about Zach Wilson, he's not our quarterback. Right. True. <laughs> Lynchy, he's oh, your best all the week? Seriously. Uh, you, know, you think this is a really stupid question, and it really is not sports-related. But if you had members of our female audience, in it, which I believe there are a couple, okay, who would they think is – I know this is like you're going to say, why well, this is a stupid question, Lobel. Who would they think is more is better looking, Brady or Garoppolo? 
He's getting at something with this. I'm not. I'm just asking the question. I'm just really are you, curious. Are you well, turning the clock back, walking walking through the newsroom, and you know all the girls were like Gabe Kapler. Everyone loved Gabe Kapler. All the all the women in the newsroom. So who would who would they who would they pick? Would they pick Brady or Garoppolo? I think it's Garoppolo hands down. The guy's chiseled. His face is chiseled. I mean, I think they they go. But Butch, to answer this Mike's question, they would go with Brady because they know Brady. They don't have. They wouldn't think Garofalo's like the service guy from from EverSource. Let me tell you something. If he's the service guy, my wife's having the EverSource serviced every day. Hey, hey, oh, I hear you. I, is your I wife home? agree with you. Wife home? Is she home? She is. Go ask her. I can't. She's being beamed up right now on her uh, biocharger. She'll be down in a couple minutes. Ladies or gentlemen in the audience, whether you're watching or if you're listening to the podcast, you can always go to our Facebook page, Unanchored Boston. You know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can go to our website, unanchoredboston.com. Let us know. All right, Bob, Crazy give, me, give me one second. There's three women in the house. I'm going to open the door and oh. get an answer for you. Right. It can't be a tie. This will be a Brady oh. thing because they don't know Garoppolo. Well, you might not know Brady. They might know Garoppolo. No, but they're going to say, you know, the Garoppolo ad with his grandmother says he's so handsome. Tom Brady or Jimmy Garoppolo? I think that's really him. No, listen. See, I told you, it's Brady hands down because of a knowledge factor. Well, it's like asking Cary Grant or, uh, you know, some other Hollywood star, right? They're all Buffalo Bell or Jack Williams. Right. Well, Jack Williams not in the gold circle, is he? Okay, there you go. Hold on, I got to plug back in. Well, you did some serious reporting there. It was unanimous. Unanimous. Brady? Yes. They all said Tom Brady. Well, you know what? You'd find it'd be hard-pressed to... Where where are you going with this? I'm not. I'm done. (laughs) I'm just trying to, you know... We settle it. We settle it. I'm trying to make it all-inclusive. I mean, aren't you curious? Absolutely. On this show, we get answers. We don't leave things out there. Butch did right. some investigative reporting, and uh, that'll be uh, just the start of his busy next 48 hours. Yeah. Well, that was my man on the street interview right there. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> impressive, actually. Women in the kitchen. Why don't you, you do that? You know, that's something I, I would, I would put that on. Tell. I would go out and interview people now. See, have them vote because you know what? It's a little, it's a detraction from the reality of wins and, lo- and losses, the inevitability. This, this is, these are people's opinions, and everybody can weigh in on them. All right, I got something else that I think is worth. We did, talking. You know, what we need to do. We need to do our meatball of the week. It's time to do our meatball of the week. Oh, okay. And before we do, I want to give a shout out to uh, Paul Bouchel. Oh, another shout. He watches every single week. He loves the show. Loves the show. And my other shout-out this week goes to Tony Callahan, one of my best friends' dad. I texted you this yesterday. Yesterday was the 40th anniversary of the Harvard-MIT prank where the big, round, rubber sphere grew out of the turf over at Harvard Stadium. And on that legendary photo of it coming out of the ground, there's Anthony J. Callahan's face in the background. And uh, he's the best. He Went to St. Clements. He was from Somerville. Got a scholarship to Boston College in the early 50s. No S. St. Clement. St. Clement has an S on the end. No, it doesn't. And Summer- it doesn't in Somerville? I was baptized yeah. there, First Communion. Maybe you're right. 
nonetheless, he went to school at one of those two, St. Clement or St. Clements. And, uh, you know, his dad had passed, couldn't take the scholarship. He went to work to support his mom and his, uh, his sister, but his picture, uh, frozen in time. And yesterday was the 40th anniversary. Lynchy, were you at the game? I was, I was, uh, sitting in the front row. I was, um, sitting in the, uh, um, I don't know what you call it, handicap section, for lack of a better word, and uh, it was great. Um, you, watched the whole game. You fellas did see what our Gold Circle friend Robert tweeted out, the exclusive interview that he had with the four gentlemen. Uh, he had three guys in the studio. If you haven't seen it, folks, I'll give you the Reader's Digest version, and Bob can give us his. Uh, 19, 40 years ago, Harvard-Yale game, the MIT students – Pulled a prank with the earth. Op- I was doing the game on the radio. and Oh, the- I'd love to hear that call. The earth opened up and this pump came up and blew up this large. And I'm talking like we go to a gym and you can you get the big uh, ball to exercise with. It was bigger than that. For those and, of and you I watching. And then there it is right there. Hank's got it. And, and up close, uh, that and- gentleman with the white hair, there's Tony. Yep. There he is. And it blew up. And Bob uh, brought the three guys that did it, found them at MIT, and brought them in the Channel 4 studio. And it uh, would never happen today. They just let you go, Bob, for – I had to be five or seven minutes. And they, they they pick up the story from here. They Eight times they had been over that week. Well, you did you did the interview in the – you said studio, Mike, but to be accurate, you that, that was in the uh, newsroom, newsroom, right? Newsroom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, why, why wouldn't you go – why would they put you in the newsroom? The night before, well, I know this, the night before, well, who knows? It might have been the 5.30 show. Who knows what kind of, what shows yeah, it had. Yeah, yeah. The night before, the Delta Kappa Epsilon fraternity at MIT had a press conference to admit that they were the ones responsible. So I overcovered the story. And who was, else was on that story? Tom Ellis. So it must have been a really important story. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> The only story I remember covering with Tom Ellis. He used to make love to the camera, he said, right? So anyway, uh, I just thought it would be a good idea to bring him in the next day. They came in. I don't, honest to God, some guy sent that to me. A friend of mine in Manchester, New Hampshire, sent me that clip. I don't remember, I don't remember it until I saw it. I, I don't, all I remember is the press conference the night before, but those guys were pretty cool about it. Those MIT kids—they were really cool. They were good, and, and and you kept you 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 kept going around the horn and, and trying to get one of them to crack, and you knew. <laughs> I know. Investigate a reporter, but oh. Mike, what do you think? Here, I'm thinking about. I saw that clip, like the the same day I sent it to you. It was the first day I'd seen it ever, ever. Yeah. And, oh, I ever ever saw it, and I'm thinking forty years later. Where are those three guys today, and what are they doing? MIT graduates are they running the space program? In charge of uh, uh, Facebook, you're in charge of Facebook because of the Harvard thing. But I'm just saying, where are the you know where are those guys today? Yeah, well, they were seniors in college because I was a senior at Stonehill College when that happened in 1982. They had they built that machine four years before they used it. Yeah, it was a thing in the fraternity house at Delta Cap Epsilon and MIT that they were planning to do that, and they finally did it. But they went over there. They said there was no problem getting into the Harvard Stadium. They had they walked right in eight days in a row. 
They hooked up the, they hooked up the electrical stuff. They buried it in the ground. It was incredible. They so did they how, how'd they go in every day? Were they pretending to be workers? I don't know. They said they had access. They had free access. Yeah. yeah. Well, none of the Harvard students were outside. They were busy studying. <laughs> I mean, let's face they, it. They went in eight times and there were no lights at Harvard Stadium in those days. Yeah. yeah. So um, you know, they they probably brought their own flashlights and they um and they get to keep digging and digging. This is intricate. If you look at the at the sketch of the blueprint, this is a very intricate. Uh, they had a vacuum machine pump or motor. Yeah, yeah and, so it was a vacuum machine. Yeah, and uh, and then then to, uh, so many things have to go right. I mean, first of all, you got to push the pump up through you know six inches of sod, and it was they on had, the plane. They, they, had, they did a trench, Mike, a little trench to run the wires uh, to the machine where they hooked it into the ground. And they had to keep it there, you know, during the first half. And nobody would step on it. Or, you know, I'm just, there were a lot of things that could have gone wrong. But I think it was sawed back in place, so it looked like it was untouched. Mike, I'm curious, as a broadcaster, your reaction, and I want to preface it with this. Think about 40 years ago and just how different the world is today. If something like that started coming up out of the ground today, they would evacuate the stadium. There, there would be... They would immediately, and, and for all the right reasons, I get it. But Absolutely. what was the reaction back then? Well, the first thing, I, I can't believe none of us said, holy shit. You know, <laughs> this thing started coming up. And they, and they did it at the perfect time because I think that um, Harvard has just scored. And yes, they, they, up, they had just scored. Were you lining up for a kickoff or the kickoff? Harvard had just scored. I'm not sure. They must have been. Yeah. And, and it was right in front of the Harvard bench in the field of play right around the 40-yard line. And, you know, we just looked at it and said, oh, hope there's something going Wait, Wait a minute, what's going on here? Nobody knew what it was. Nobody. And people are, you know, are looking at it, but they're standing back. They didn't know if that thing was was, was full of some type of uh, drugs or uh, dust or something. No one knew it was in the damn balloon. And the thing kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And people, you know, I had a great seat because it was right in front of me, right down. And I don't have the tapes of that. I would love to have the tapes of that to hear what we actually said. But I, I think I was doing the game with Bob Gamir and um, the great Gamir. The, the great Gamir. Looking at that thing. And when they finally, uh, uh, when the thing finally popped, they, the grounds crew came out and they dug the thing up and they, they had a big pump in the hand. It looked like, looked like the head of a fire hose. That's what it looked like. It was a, it was a vacuum cleaner pump. Yeah. And the switch was, Underneath the stands, you had to start it from underneath the stands, from what I understand. That you flip the switch, some one of those guys was there, had to turn it on, and uh, <laughs> hey, no cell phones, no cell phones back then. Thank goodness oh, they had some photographers there. Danny Murata was the one that shot it for us. Oh, he, really? He sent me a text after I put it up. He says, I shot that for you, little Bell. I said, yeah, we had sound and pictures, and you even were able to white balance. <laughs> Don yeah. Allard, Winchester Mass, was a quarterback on that team, Don right? Don Allard. Don yes. Allard. Yeah. I played baseball against him. He was a heck isn't of a the, baseball uh, player. Isn't that the park in the North End is named after him? Or uh, his, his brother? His dad, his dad played for the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. As the greatest, greatest dad, college Ned, ever, Ned Allard? Greatest what? college prank ever. Was his dad Ned Allard? No, his dad was Don. Same name. Oh, Don Allard. But you know but who this... else was a quarterback on that team? Oh, 
Armin Colombo, five foot nine, one hundred and sixty-one pound junior, huh? from Brockton, Massachusetts. On Coach. what team? Harvard. Yep. He that went was, to Stonehill. That was the greatest prank ever. I'm and just reading off the roster, so people, if you if you Google it, Google um, Harvard Harvard prank, MIT Harvard Yale wow. MIT prank, and and uh, also Google Bob Lobel interview with the MIT students. It's a fabulous interview, and I can't believe how much time they gave you, Bob, to do that. I can't either. And then they all applauded at the end in the newsroom, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was all an, all an audience. No, I agree with you. It was We were live in the newsroom. It's not something we ever did before. You know, you never did. Today, after one question in your ear, they'd be, they'd be, they'd be pressing the key. All right, so we've got to go, got to go, got to go, got to go, got to get a story about uh, um, um, traffic on Thanksgiving. Yeah, there's going to be traffic on Thanksgiving. You know, there'll be last year, next year, 10 years from now, 50 years from now. 30 years ago, there was traffic on Thanksgiving. Yeah, people are going to be getting all their fixings. Yeah, but there's only one prank that's been run in the hundred and something years of Harvard. Yeah, Yale. gone. Yeah. You know what? They, you're so right, Mike. The powers that be are hypocrites because they tell you they want you to own the story. But if you're going to get the biggest story of the day, then own it and give me the time to own it. You got to let something like that. Great. I really would like to know what they do. I mean, I think that's a legitimate question in terms of follow up. Where the hell are those guys? That's a great idea. It's a great idea. But I, I love the fact that you had those guys in the newsroom and you, you kept peppering them. You, you, you knew that sooner oh, yeah. or later, one of the, one of those kids, 20, 21 year old kid was going to go, ah, and then they say, all right, who, nope, don't know. It was all 40 of us were involved. Nope. <laughs> who, 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 who pulled the switch? I uh, will never tell you that. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Did you, how many times? Animal house. Right. Eight uh, times. Eight times we practiced that. Eight times. The yeah, football they... team didn't practice eight times. <laughs> but those guys were able to practice eight times under the stadium when nobody went. They were just like like creatures, and there was all dirt, and it was awful under the stadium. Nobody ever went under there, so there was a perfect place. I think sure. they used to join and said, look, we're going to go right in here. We're going to hide behind this thing under the stairwell. It was perfect. Where do MIT graduates go? Where do they go? Where do they go? They could the be moon, code breakers for the U.S. government. Yeah, the moon. <laughs> That's a good one. I don't, I don't think I, I know an MIT graduate. I do. Paul I Caravano do. lives in Arlington, Mass. <laughs> I know two of them. Uh, Brian yeah. Halligan and Darmesh Shaw. They started HubSpot right after wow. Mark Zuckerberg started Facebook. Well, that would be, I don't know. They might know where those guys would be. They'd be easy to find. They're in the Delta Kappa Epsilon fraternity. They're in their 60s. Yeah, I thought, I thought the same thing. Of course, they are. They're in their 60s. Yeah. Well, Where do they go? Where are they, doctors? Aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> you know, I thought about that. I was at the game all, Saturday, what? and I thought about, but then I thought there's there's um, field turf, astroturf on the field. So they probably, unless they really made a nice seam with a sharp razor, they have something come up. Uh, or, or like anything, like now, now there are drones and they, they could have done anything, but there was nothing, nothing. Uh, and, and I don't think there has been since um, on the field. I know, I know that they've done things like they put a, a car up in the top of the dome, MIT dome. And, but uh, that was one of the great, it was one of the great pranks of all time because nobody got hurt. Uh, and B, the post coverage on Monday and Tuesday 
was spectacular. And that, that, that thing has to be seen. So do everyone do yourselves a favor. You'll be howling and laughing when you see the balloon burst. And then we see Bob's interview with the three guys in the newsroom. That seems like it went for 10 minutes. In TV time, it seems like. This is perfect for Thanksgiving because Thursday's going to go by. You're going to see a lot of family. But then on Friday, Saturday, people are coming by the house. So you have that queued up on your smart TV. All right. And people will be sick of turkey, cranberry, even the sandwiches left over. So, of course, what do you go for? Our best foods, our best meatballs. It looked like a gigantic meatball, really, that came up out of the turf that day, which is appropriate. So all you need to do is go to Our Best Foods. You download the coupon, and then you walk in to your favorite frozen food section at your favorite grocers. You look left, you look right. Well, Mac Jones wouldn't, but most people would. And they look and they see the smiling face. Whom would that be, Mr. Lynch? That would be right here, Pablo Bell. Couldn't get a room with the Holiday Inn, Winter Haven, Florida. Pablo Bell. But Pablo, there was a room for... No room for Pablo Bell, but there was a room for Pablo Bell. They might need a golden circle meatball, actually. I think that would be appropriate. Right? Is that a single room or is that a double that I had to take? I don't remember. (laughs) So go to Our Best Foods, download the coupon, load up six, seven, eight bags to be good to keep through the holiday season. You're having some friends over. And um, my friend Donnie B. Don... No, here's another shout out. This is like well, Don Bravo. Don, I have to say, Don Bravo. Don't you name everybody you graduated my school with? Don Bravo, world class opera singer. His dad, Don Bravo Senior, (laughs) was a world class bassoonist. You'll see Don all the time over at Harvard University, Uh and he he watches the podcast. He listens. He's a big proponent. He (laughs) shares it. So we thank you. Send me a pretty good joke today. There's an old Italian man lies on his deathbed. He smells the cooking from the kitchen by his wife of 50 years. She's making his favorite meatballs. He hauls himself out of bed and crawls his way to the kitchen. As he grabs a meatball, his wife turns, hits him on the knuckles with a wooden spoon. She said, hey, those are for your funeral. Thank you, Donnie B. (laughs) He says, she said, hey. Those are for your funeral. Yeah, we got it. We got it. Yeah, uh, that was worse than Butch's ten-minute. Uh, nah, are you kidding? Week. That's a good. One. Maybe it's better off. Maybe you're better off. All right. Off well, here's my it. meat. Since we're doing meatballs, here's my meatball of the week. I'll keep it short, Lynchy. But it's Jalen Brown, not only for just blindly endorsing a hate group that was outside of uh, outside of the Brooklyn Nets arena when Kyrie Irving <clears throat> was returning, but his comments afterwards which is still a story today. The group is called the Members of Israel United in Christ, and they are designated a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. Jalen said, I saw a large group of our people from our community showing support for Kyrie and his return. Me being proud of that support and being proud of our community for doing that does not mean I endorse them. My instinct when I saw this was I didn't notice which group it was. So let me get this straight, Jalen. Your instinct was to endorse something you know nothing about and blindly just do it. For a guy that is usually very, very thoughtful, went to Cal and is proud of it, I'm just saying, you want to give your opinion, Mike? You got to give your opinion. I'm, I'm done. I'm just checking my watch. Make sure it's it my works. meatball of the week. <laughs> he gets a whole bag. He was my meatball. I get on my high horse if we're going to do meatballs. What do you want me to do? The beach. You're doing fine. I'm going to call a friend of mine I know who watches the show about the Garofalo Brady thing. 
Butch. No, no. Butch. Meatball of the Week goes to FIFA and the beer sales and all the controversy that oh, they that's a good one over in, in Cutter. I mean, it's really ridiculous. But they're all good. I agree with you and Jalen Brown. I thought about that. There's no doubt about the punt. I mean, these are all legitimate meatballs. Yeah. You know, you. I don't know anything really about soccer. I enjoy watching my kids play. I think it's exciting to see in person. It's much more physical. But Saudi Arabia beating Argentina and Lionel Messi, right? Is that the equivalent of the U.S. hockey team beating Russia for the gold medal? Because my soccer friends are like, oh, my God, this is gigantic. It's Loby. I'm going to have to ask you a question. No? We're on the podcast right now with uh, Butch and Mike and Hank and yours truly. So one of the questions on the podcast, we were trying to determine whether in our female audience, and I know you're one of the loyal ones, is it who, who's better looking, Garofalo or Brady? Hold on. Let me put you on speaker, so be careful. Okay, go, Jess. This is Jess in the car from Gloucester. <laughs> Jess? Can't hear it, Bob. You can't hear it, Bob. Pull it. Hold on, Jess. You sounded great. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say it again. All right. This is Jess in the car calling from Gloucester, a loyal listener. Hi, Jess. The other one. Listen. Okay, she picks Curtis Martin. Curtis Martin is more handsome? Well, that's what she says. Well, that's, she's had a thing for Curtis Martin, I would have to Is say. he still with Tony Braxton? Is he still? I bet you want to know about some rumor thing about Tony. No, Tony Braxton. It was his woman. You guys need to get with the times. Okay, well, we're trying to get with the times. So, Graffalo or Brady? Pick one, Jess. That girl. Thanks a All lot. Right. Talk to you later. Love you. Have a good Thanksgiving. Jimmy G. All right. Okay. Jimmy G. I'm just saying we're doing this. Thank you. Throw out a All Twitter right. poll. We'll give the results next week. Hey, listen. All right. If you had to drive across country, right? Yep. Who'd you rather go across country with? Tom Brady or Jimmy Garoppolo? Say Ten's if you wanted to go in a nice large <laughs> RV from our good friends Cold Springs RV up in Ware, New Hampshire. I go with Tom. I have a lot of questions for Tom. Yeah. A lot of questions. I'm with Tom. I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, I, if you wanted to meet anybody, you know, Jimmy G, nice, but not Tom. You can say Tom anywhere, and people pretty much know what you're talking about. You probably have to swing by Ann Arbor you know, on, on the way. Yeah. Uh, which I did do when I drove cross country. I, I stayed in Ann Arbor one night. Then you could go to Minnesota. His, his grandmother lived in Minnesota, right? Right outside Minneapolis. That yeah. might be fun. Yeah, we mm -hmm. found that at one Super Bowl. Yeah, all real nice people. Yep. Bob, how about you? I would go with Tom. Well, here's okay. what you do. Whether you want to go... New friends when you go with Tom. You folks might have friends named Tom or Jimmy who don't play football, but maybe you want to go cross-country with them in a nice RV. From Cold Springs RV, the 2022 models, they've been marked for discount because the 2023s are in stock and you will not get a better deal. They've got them on the lot right now at Cold Springs RV up in Ware, New Hampshire. W-E-A-R-E. -E. That's right, Ware, New Hampshire. ColdSpringsRV.com. And stop by. You know, Thanksgiving weekend is perfect. You're going to want to get out of the house. You're going to be eating like crazy. So you want to go get a little exercise, oxygenate, go outside, go up to Cold Springs RV. You can try out 
the gigantic RVs with the pop-outs. Some of them have a, a couple of bathrooms. You can get satellite phone service, streaming. They've got Wi-Fi. You can also get a pull-behind travel trailer or a fifth wheel. I like the pop-up tents, but even if you like uh, the four-by-fours or those side-by-sides or even a couple of dirt bikes, you can put them in the back. they got the toy haulers. It's pretty simple. And if you've already got one and you need a place to store it, I know Arthur French, you know what the deal is. 50 bucks. 50 bucks a month to store it this winter. And if you want to have it next year, they'll winterize it. You want to have a little bit of body work done, they can do that too. Cold Springs RV up in Ware, New Hampshire. ColdSpringsRV.com. Very nice. Both of you guys, the scoreboards on Thanksgiving, <laughs> it's a nightmare for everybody. Have you, do you remember getting scores wrong? Yes. And uh, then having to come out and, do whatever you, you know, mea culpa, that kind of thing. The hardest part is that, and I think yours, because you, you played uh, Be True to Your School, the Beach Boys. So we played Mr. Touchdown, Hip Hip Hooray Poem. But you have to pre-produce that at like, like around 5.30. So if you get the score wrong, it's bang. It's permanent. It's there. The whole thing has to be done over, which which can take in, in real time three minutes but um you know getting the crew together okay, okay roll it blah 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 blah. it could take 20 minutes so one day um i thought we had I, I said i think we made it through i think we got a perfect show i came upstairs to the sports office the phone rang i picked it up and uh, hello hey mike it's dad hey dad how you doing good had a great show thanks <laughs> you got one score wrong what was that he goes, our score. I'm the athletic director at Danvers. It was the only game we won all year. We won 6 nothing, And you had Gloucester 6, Danvers nothing. Nice job, Mike. <laughs> That's <laughs> a classic story. What are you doing? What? Oh, it's a touchdown. You'll be humming that for two days. Who are you making this great? Yeah, announcement before rolling the scores. If, you know, if they're wrong, we're sorry. I know. Don't, don't call us. We'll, we're, we made a mistake if they're wrong. We tried. Yeah, so I will tell you this to give you just a shameless plug. So I, we have two Thanksgiving specials on Thursday, nine thirty in the morning, and then ten thirty at night. Nine thirty is a preview, obviously, and there's a lot of features. And I just finished the shell of all the features last night, but. Not only Armand Colombo doing a feature on the Hasselbecks, Donnie and Matt are back coaching this year with Matt's son, Henry. It's a very cool story. But what's cool about all the features is at all these, they sent me some great personal pictures, family pictures from over the years. And it takes so much work to work with the imagery, but it, it's just worth it because it helps tell the story from their perspective about what it means to them. And, uh, so it's a labor of love, as you know, but we got a 9.30 and then the 10.30 at night. So. Let me ask you guys this. I saw today in the Globe that there's discussion going on to change back so that Thanksgiving football actually means something in the standings and that schools have seen a huge decline since they changed it in 2013 because – Thanksgiving comes between the end of the season and the Super Bowl playoffs. It doesn't mean much. And those schools that are still playing in the Super Bowls, they 
don't want to risk their players on Thanksgiving Day? Shame on them. Shame, shame, shame. I'm not going to say who, but I've talked to three Super Bowl coaches who are playing on Thanksgiving Day in fierce rivalries. They're going to the Super Bowl. Only one of them is sitting their starters right now. The other yeah. two said yeah. to me, we don't sit our starters. He goes, I put it to the vote to the kids every year. Not that I would let them do it anyway, he said, but they always say they want to play. Yep. So. You got to play. You got to play. So what did they do in Ohio, Bob? Mike and I disagree disagree on this, but I like the current format. Um, Why? Why, though? I like it because I think the criticism of that it renders Thanksgiving meaningless is crap. I, it renders it less meaningful. There are a handful. There are only a handful of Thanksgiving games that decided we're going to the Super Bowl in the other formats anyway. There weren't ten of them. It, not yes, every game were. decided it. Yes, there were. Not all the time, Mike. But the last year that they did before they went to this format, there were ten games with Super Bowl. Not to mention, um, what happens after October twenty fifth when the season ends? Two hundred seventy five schools are playing insignificant games for a month. The other teams, after you lose the first week, you're playing insignificant games for the next two weeks. So you don't like the playoff format? No, it's off. I tell you, eight divisions, sixteen teams division made Correct. the Super Bowl. Teams with losing records. If you got if you got three out of, uh, out of out of seven answers right on a math test, what would you get for a grade? It's yeah, but Mike, it's a giant NCAA tournament that way. So so wait a minute. There's, like you said, eight divisions, 16 teams. Do the math. It's 128 teams. That gets down to 64. That gets down to 32. That gets down to 16. That gets in the Super Bowls, right? Guess what? In the semifinals last week, there were three lower seeds that made it. Foxborough, Grafton, and I forget who the other one was. Uh, Lower seeds that made it through that 32. They were ranked, or 16, excuse me. So name name any sport at any level, pro college, high school, where the tournament starts before the regular season is over. The tournament starts before the regular season. Where the NCAA tournament start before the Big East tournament would start before the Big East tournament was being played before the Big Ten. Okay, I can't come up with one, but why? Why is that a significant point? Because because that's what we're doing here. But the teams still play. They'll still play games. They have to find well, you, opponents. You, you, eight people are showing up for these games. Oh, no where, where they'd have eight hundred if they get if it, if it was yeah, a regular way on the schedule yeah, on, a, on a Friday night. Let's say that uh, Wakefield is playing uh, uh, Melrose. Well, that's their Thanksgiving night. rival, Wakefield no, Melrose. But no, they're not Thanksgiving rivals. Uh, you know, anyway, that that we're boring people with this, but uh, that, that's something. I don't know why you say that. Anyway. Well, what would you do in Ohio? You know, I don't have a dog in this fight. We don't have Thanksgiving games in Ohio. We're getting ready for basketball. Well, isn't that one of the points that why they did it? Because no, Ohio does not have a football football championship played on. Yeah, but you don't even you don't play on Thanksgiving Day, do you? In Ohio, no, no, that's a whole different. Getting ready for playing basketball. They were busy churning the butter, Butch. Hank, what did you say? Why do they do it? What? Originally, why did they, after all those years where it did count, why in 2013? Did it have to do with the overlap of one season into the other, fall into winter season? No, 
They wanted more teams in the playoffs. Right. Oh, I went seven and three and I didn't make the playoffs. I gotta get it. My kids need trophies. We need participant trophies. Hey, beat the team. You lost. Someone in your league went ten and zero. You went seven and three. Somebody went eight and two. Go ten and zero. You can go to the tournament. That's it. My only point about it is it doesn't render Thanksgiving meaningless. Thanksgiving has its own meaning all on its own. But the rivalry, I will say that the rivalry, for instance, Medford, second oldest continuous high school football rivalry in the country, 135 years. Medford and Malden are not very good teams. Medford hasn't won. Malden's three and six, right? So a lot of it now is they look at it, it's like an exhibition game, right? There's not a lot of meaning. It doesn't have anything for, for the standings. And, you know, you used to have to, you'd have to get your tickets a month in advance because there'd be 10,000 people at Hormel Stadium or McDonald Stadium because of not only the importance of the game. And it was always, you know, if the teams were mediocre, that was like a Super Bowl in itself. But the meaning has taken away. I read in the paper, and the, there's a story in the Globe today where some of the athletic directors say, you know, some people look at it like it's a scrimmage. You know, it just doesn't have the meaning that it once did. Yeah, well, look at the look at the really good teams on the complete other end that lost in the semifinals last week. I'll give you an example, and these weren't they didn't lose, but they're two very good teams. Chelmsford's nine and one, I believe, and Bill Rick is eight and two. That's a huge, huge Thanksgiving Day rivalry, and those are two very good teams that that game was going to have meaning, whether it meant something in the standings or not. Yeah, but it could it could mean who who was going from that uh, that league to the soup to the playoffs. I here's where you and I differ, Mike. I don't mind that the Super Bowls are decided before Thanksgiving Day. I don't mind that at all. Yeah, that's why there's a hell of a lot of me. And here's here's another thing from an athletic director's point of view, they are getting killed financially. They used to be able at one point when my dad was an athletic director at Danvers, um, and before I got to, after I got the score wrong, he he could fund his entire winter athletic budget uh, uh, in terms of buses and paying paying for game officials through his gate on Thanksgiving day. That's legit. But let's be honest. People don't go to the games like they used to years ago. Anyway, last year they did because of COVID. COVID was over last year. They, they came out and drove, but they would go. They, they would go if, but let's say, um, um, all right, let, let's say Braintree Milton. All right. Milton's got an undefeated season. Braintree can spoil it for him. Knock him off. Undefeated season. Well, Milton's, already, Milton's already in the Super Bowl, so that's making. They weren't in the Super Bowl, right? But if an undefeated season and a position playing coming up, there would be a big difference. And, and if I were on that Braintree team, that game would matter to me to beat an undefeated team, whether it knocked them out of the Super Bowl or not. It's my Thanksgiving rival. It's my senior year. The Womps. The Womps. Go Womps. <laughs> the gentleman, for, the gentleman from Apple Creek. Can I, can I speak of Thanksgiving? Patriots or Vikings? Oh, please don't even ask me about th the fact that the Patriots are playing on Thanksgiving night is going to make my head explode. Butch, I'm sorry. No, I, I know what you mean, Bob. I think the Pats are going to beat the Vikings. I think the Vikings are a fraud team. Okay. Why don't we why don't we have the have the Rose Bowl and then play the Michigan Ohio oh, State? <laughs> No, seriously, why don't we have the Rose Bowl? No, that's a whole, that's a good argument for you, I'm Mike, because well, right, I, they're in the playoffs, right? They're, they're in the college playoffs. If the playoffs started today, you are correct. Michigan and Ohio State are in it, and they're both undefeated, and they have to play each other. 
And you know yeah. who's watching that? Everybody from Alabama at number eight on up. Here's a good idea. Um, um, I'm going to have a shot this year, but um, I think you did a great job, Mike, in having and deciding that the Bruins should rest the goaltender because uh, <laughs> they, uh, you know, who are they going to play in the first round of the playoffs? And by the way, Mike, you're forgetting one thing in this whole argument, and then I'll let it go. We can do this offline if you want. In the whole, you know, six and four, four and six teams that make the playoffs, you are encouraged to play a stronger non-conference schedule to start the season. And most of the smart teams do because win or lose it, it helps your ranking better. So some of those six and four teams might've been eight and two by playing two other cupcakes instead, but they didn't. And that's why they got ranked higher. Some food for thought during Thanksgiving week, you can go to the bostonglobe.com. We'll put it on our, on our Facebook page. Uh, and the article today by Michael Silverman and Nate Weitzer was what should Thanksgiving high school football look like in Massachusetts. It depends on whom you ask. And if you'd like to uh, weigh in on whether you think Jimmy Garoppolo or Tom Brady is more handsome and you want to do it on our Facebook page, like we mentioned earlier, you can also weigh in on which format you like for high school football, because we value what the listeners and the readers, what they think. What about a Toyota Camry or a Toyota uh, RAV4? Which one is better looking? You know, that's a Super Bowl championship either way, is what I would say to that. And you know where to go? Of course, you go up to George Gray's Lexington Toyota. They're at 409 Mass Ave in Lexington, lexingtontoyota.com. They're everything that's good in the world because you want a quality item, right? Yeah, you got a Toyota. You want a great selection? Yeah, they've got the best selection. And they have even when you've had supply chain issues. You want the best service? They have award-winning service, and you'll always get the best price. And the nice thing is, the Gray family, George and Mary, and you got Sean, Jason, Georgie, their kids, all involved, you won't find a finer family. So do yourself a favor. Get out and see George Gray and his great family at Lexington Toyota, 409 Mass Ave in Lexington, something we can all agree on because we've all been there. We've all bought multiple Toyotas, and uh, you'll be glad you did. Butch, good luck this Thursday because it's just uh, a few of us know what you're gonna what you're up against. Having to do two shows, you're gonna need some. Uh, yeah, it's fun. It's fun though. Oh, I get I just, it. You know, I'm going right when I hang up. I'm showering and going into work, and I'll be there again till whatever tonight. But then I'll be ready to do it. More information than we needed to have, actually. Butchie, make sure you send us the link so we can post them on our uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram. Got it. Twitter. And by we're the way, on, we're still on Twitter, by the way. We have not been banned um, by Elon Musk. Okay. The, th- the, the Thursday morning special, the first game highlight is Medford Malden because it will have already been played. So I'll be able to do it. And let's end where we begin and congratulate you, Robert, on the Gold Circle Award. Congratulations. Uh, thanks. Thankful for Butchie and his football, Lynchy and his great health, Bob in the Golden Circle. And I'm personally thankful for a real class act in Patrice Bergeron, who had his 1,000th point last night. There may not have been a better representative of a Boston athletic franchise than Patrice Bergeron when you come right down to it. What a class human being. He's not from Medford, right? No, but he's been here before. He was at the Conti <laughs> That's a legitimate one. question, Mike. In 2016, <laughs> he got together with Sean Bates at the Leconte Rink. Oh, yeah. Uh, and a benefit for some kids. And um, 
Do you know what Bergeron's real last name is? You guys probably know this. I don't know. Cavarelli. Italian, right? Medford, right? No. Better. No. Not Catanzano. Not Pepicelli. Um, His, Patrice no, Bergeron's no. full name is Patrice Bergeron Clary. C-L-A-R-I? That's his dad's last name, and it was hyphenated, but it wouldn't fit on the back of his jersey. Interesting story. We'll continue this next week because the Bruins aren't going to stop. That moment last night told me that whatever it is, it's real to them. I don't don't ever think I've seen an in-game celebration in the middle of a game at a visiting team's rink uh, organically like that ever. I, I don't. I'm trying to remember. I, I don't really, I don't really remember one. I, that was unbelievable, and that's real to those guys. That is real to that team. So they're 17 and two for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's time to rest the goaltender. <laughs> hey guys, happy Thanksgiving. You too. Shut him down, Bob. Shut him down. Happy okay. Thanksgiving to everybody yeah, watching a lot. Have a or good listening. One. Thank you, our sponsors, and thank you for supporting thank our you. podcast. We'll talk to you on Monday. Okay, guys. All right. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, absolutely. Unacred Boston is a presentation of Unacred Media, a Burke Advertising LLC company. For show information, visit unacredboston.com.